Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. So far this week has had participation from bulls and bears started off with a huge bounce. Two days, the biggest since early 2020's COVID recovery. And then yesterday, as numbers came in warm for ISM services, we got a little taste of the bearish side. Let's bring in Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Schwab's Center for Financial Research. Busy week, Lizanne, good to see you. Oh yeah, you too, nice to be here. Okay, so let's talk first about how we came into this week. One of the biggest couple days this market has seen over the last two years, and it seemed like it was coming alongside some weak data. What should we make of it? Um, I think it's too soon to make anything de definitive from it. Yes, it was a uh, it was a nice back to back pair of days with each day more than two and a half percent up. I guess the rub is that if you go in descending order by date, the four most recent times that we had other than earlier this week that we had back to back two percent plus two and a half percent plus up days we're all in the September to December 2008 period of time. So we oh. were still in the throes of the bear market. We, we didn't have a lot of time left until the March 09 bottom, but there was still um, some pain left. And I'd say in general, whether you look at breath conditions, technical conditions, even sentiment to some degree, everything lines up to paint a pretty positive picture if your horizon is, call it a year out, uh, it's just quite a bit murkier in the near term. So at, at this point, it looks a little more like a classic bear market rally than some definitive sign that we're, we're out of the woods. What do you see when you track sentiment? You've got a couple good charts looking at sentiment in different ways from your latest report. Uh, how does it stand after we had that big sell-off coming into this month, but then now this limited but uh, sizable rally? On some of the uh, higher frequency measures of sentiment, you're seeing them, maybe not surprisingly, zig and zag with uh, each day's uh, market action, especially if you get a particularly powerful move either on the upside or the downside. If you look at behavioral measures, maybe put call ratio, there you've seen a bit of a retreat um, in, in terms of, uh, I think it was September 23rd, the equity only put call jumped up to more than one. That reflected a lot of pessimism. That really eased back. I see you're showing a chart here of AAII percent bearish, and that has picked up. The, the one caveat about the AAII data is that it's only weekly. So it doesn't necessarily pick up on a day-to-day -day, uh, basis. So I'm actually not sure what this is through as to whether it reflects that two-day move. It may be the next reading that reflects that uh, two-day move. But it, it's mixed, but it's jumping around a lot. There's a lot of um, knee-jerk reactions in the sentiment data to whatever trend on a you know day-to-day -day and even intraday basis uh, the market's in at that moment. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, bear is no longer hibernating. One of the other uh, metrics that you look at uh, is trying to gauge the state of panic that uses some data from Sentiment Trader. And uh, yep. this is a pretty interesting one, too. So what's this one telling us here? Yeah, and by the way, this is this is Sentiment Trader's version of the Citigroup um, Panic Euphoria Index uh. that was created many, many years ago by um, the, the late, great 
um, Tobias Lepkowitz, who passed away uh, about a year ago. Um, yes. He was a longtime friend of mine and wonderful human being. And he created this. It was proprietary, but was open enough with what the components were that Sentiment Trader decided to do their best to replicate the similar model. And it's mostly behavioral measures, and it's an amalgamation of measures. So you get a broad uh, snapshot. And, you know, Prior to this pop back up, we did see it move into that panic zone, which would be below the zero line, but not to the degree, not quite to the degree that you've seen at other major market lows. That doesn't mean you have to get there. This is not some, you know, chart that that technicians can play off, uh, you know, support and resistance. But I do think the the recent lows in the market did have a bit more of the the sort of washout characteristics to it, which were a bit more absent in mid-June. I don't think that means we're out of the woods, but again, I think a lot of conditions are lining up to be a much better outlook if you're looking beyond the next few weeks or maybe even the next couple of uh, of months. And I would put sentiment broadly in that, uh, in that mix as well. Okay, that's interesting. So uh, the uh, pickup in some of the negative sentiment, it's kind of a contrarian indicator, maybe mm-hmm. argues here for the bulls, kind of similar to how we've been talking about VIX being so elevated where it's, Hard to really go much higher unless you have like a cataclysmic event that sends us to VIX 40, 50. Uh, now, the fundamental underpinning for such a bullish reversal, what do you think that would need to be? Are we still in this bad, good situation, bad data is good for market? Are we rooting for like a soft employment tomorrow if you're bullish? Um, so, you know, it's interesting. Harris poll, uh, Harris just did a poll and it, it came out, I think, exactly 50 50 of, and it was more than just investors, of people who think recession is the bigger risk and would rather eliminate recession, even if it meant higher inflation and, and vice versa. And I think we're in a little bit of that period right now with regard to the the data. Yes, very short term, you could argue bad news is good news in terms of what it infers the Fed might do, but really bad news I don't think is is good news in the sense that it adds to the pressure that we're still seeing down on PMIs, notwithstanding the stronger services reading, down on um, new orders, um, down on some of the employment components, certainly still down in terms of earnings estimates. So when I think about, aside from technicals and breadth, which we already touched on, when I think about, okay, what what should we collectively look for to get a sense that we're putting the, not just the weakness in the market, but the weakness in the economy more in the rearview mirror, it would be a stabilization in not just U.S. PMIs, but global PMIs, a stabilization in housing, especially leading indicators like the NAHB Housing Market Index, which is a sentiment survey of builder, um, a stabilization in forward earnings estimates. We're not there yet. We're still in descent mode um, there. So you can you can sort of check some of the boxes on sentiment and, and maybe even breadth and technicals, but those more fundamental boxes, uh, we, we, we can't, we can't check yet. So mm. that would be the collection of things that I'm, I'm keeping an eye on to get a sense of it's starting to feel like it's the, the worst is over and we're, we're, we're getting to a point where, and by the way, 
from a Fed perspective, this is not about pivoting to rate cuts. Uh, the Fed continues to try to push back on that notion, and maybe there's still some that believe it. It's just a lessening the pace of hikes. That's step one that I think we're all looking for, some telegraphing of, all right, it's not going to be 75, it's maybe 50, maybe 25, even if 75 is still what's expected for November, just a an easing of the pace of rate hikes might be the, the first step. I don't think the Fed is pivoting to rate cuts um, anytime soon. I think when they get to their destination, as you and I have talked about, um, you know, the terminal rate, I think they stay there for a while. A very important distinction. Uh, Lizanne, just real fast, we teased a little chart there, but one I want to make sure we fit in just shows equity volatility versus bond volatility, the move index. Uh, yeah. These two sure are far apart. I mean, I, I guess they've got to try and meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, this is both volatility in the fixed income market as well as the currency market. So you can see well, well higher than what we've seen in the equity market. And, and you know, the, the, the convergence here could be a combination of both directions where you start to see an easing in volatility in fixed income. There's, try, you know, some stabilization in, in the, the yield curve as well as in the currency markets. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more of these, as you pointed out, crescendo moments where you get a little bit more of a pop in the VIX than what we've seen so far. So kind of, you know, both directions in terms of convergence. All right. Awesome conversation, Lizanne. Thank you very much as always. Good to see you. Have a great day, Lizanne Saunders, Chief Investment Strategist at Schwab's Center for Financial Research.